So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, sports biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Run Pain Free Podcast. We're going to have fun today. Why ankles roll? Make sure you go on over right now and make sure you're following us at Run Pain Free on Instagram and at Run Pain Free underscore Academy on Instagram. Make sure you are following us on the podcast. You're subscribed to runpainfreepodcast.com and we are on all the major sources that you can get your podcasts from. So make sure you're following us for all the updates. And today we are talking about a pretty common problem with runners and it's why do your ankles keep rolling as a runner? Why do you keep having sprained ankles as a runner? And what does it mean for your ankles to be consistently sprained as a runner? However way you wanna say it, that's what we're talking about today. And if you've listened to any of my podcasts by now, you probably know what I'm gonna say, and that is it has nothing to do with your ankles. <laughs> that's the first thing. And if you haven't listened to me yet, go ahead and go back and listen to some previous podcasts, specifically talking about feet, which probably is the most podcast topic we have is about feet and lower legs. So go on over and listen to those things, but let's get into it. So super common for runners to roll their ankles or sprain their ankles while they're running. Here in New York City, I work out of either a park on the east side called Call Shirts Park or the actual in big Central Park. And so when runners are running in the summer, in the spring, in the fall, and they know I'm in the park and they roll their ankles, they run right over to me and get it addressed immediately. Because if I grab it that quick, it'll, it'll never become anything. The swelling won't even happen. And there's many runners who can talk to you about this that have seen me. And the reason being that that's even happening is because you have a problem with your hips. And I've said it many times, your ankle and your hip are synonymous in terms of movement. So the only reason why your ankles are falling outward, wobbly, wonky, quote, weak ankles, which I would never call an athlete or a person, it's called dysfunction, is because the hips are not stable up top. And do you want to feel a wonky ankle over a hip, 100%. You wanna feel everything in your hips and your lower legs because it's super easy to fix there and it's not as serious when it's down there. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, doesn't mean it's not annoying, doesn't mean it's not painful. Nope, just means that it's less serious, that's all. And that you're getting an opportunity to fix it quick and before it becomes something. However, most runners don't do that. And they run to the sneaker store and they ask an uneducated sneaker person at the store what they should be running in. And the sneaker person takes a video of their calves down while they're running and thinks that they have enough information or authority to diagnose them with a certain type of gait and then says, you should be in a stability sneaker. Lock that foot up. And all of you then go in to get your stability sneakers that are astronomically expensive. And then on top of that, you're told you should have an insert or an insole, which locks your foot up even more. And you run with that for however long it lets you do that until you actually break something. 
or tear a hip labrum, one of the two. And this is why I have such a problem with uh, people overthinking that they have some type of authority or education when they don't and the ability to diagnose and talk about gates and talk about running form when they have zero education to do so, have never taken any courses, have never been through a workshop, have never personal trained anybody, don't know anatomy and physiology, and the list goes on and on and on of what is not there for them to actually do such things. But you, the runner, you're the one that actually suffers from this because then you're running in these ridiculous, clunky, big old moon boots and you're running all over the place and guess what? Your ankle is still wonky and your hip is still unstable. But now that you have a big old sneaker on your foot that is clunky and heavy, it's actually weighted. So now you're actually conditioning every single time you run and step in that sneaker. You're building muscle every time you walk and run. It's 2.2 pounds of pressure per step when you're running specifically. And when you're doing this with a heavy sneaker on the bottom of your foot, it's actually a weight. So it's like resistance training on the fly. So now you're conditioning your dysfunctional pattern that you're running on that's causing you to have wonky ankles. And so you actually condition your ankle to never ever catch itself and it will always roll. It will always fall out because the memory cells only know to roll. They've never been corrected. They don't have any guidance and they don't have anything supporting them because a sneaker will never support you. Be very clear. The sneaker will never support you. That is never going to happen. If that was the case, then professional basketball players who get millions and millions of dollars to play would never have a rolled ankle. High tops are not gonna fix that, ever. That is culture, that is not function of a sport. So the quicker everybody starts looking at things the right way, the much quicker they'll stop rolling their ankles. The real problem is your hip. But if you lock up your foot with this big old dookie sneaker that's super heavy, it builds muscles in your lower leg from the knee down is considered lower leg. It builds muscles there that build in dysfunction or I call it misappropriated muscle, overdeveloped muscle in wrong areas. And that then disallows ankle flexion and extension and that is hip extension and flexion which is really back extension and flexion. And the one thing you don't want to minimize as a human being is hip and back flexion and extension. It's the worst thing you could do. It's the number one reason why you wind up needing a hip replacement is because you no longer can flex your hip. You can't pick up your knee. You can't do a knee drive. You can't march. You can't pick your foot up to get out of a car. You can't step out of a bathtub. You can't sit at a dinner table. Those are That's hip flexion, which is back extension. So these are real vital human basic functions that you then start to train not to be able to do. And so if you don't correct the fact that your ankle keeps falling out, your ankle will only ever fall out because the memory cells only remember falling out. Well, Jessica, well, wouldn't that mean that I, I pronate and that I need to go and get insoles so that I can prevent that from happening? No, that's why it's happening. That's the biggest, most expensive bandage you're going to put on your foot is a stability sneaker and an insole or an orthotic, Lord Jesus. They're extremely expensive and they're really just band-aids, but I, I can't even really call them a band-aid. I might have to stop doing that because they actually cause injury. Stability sneakers, insoles, and orthotics actually cause injuries. They are given to 
If you're flat-footed, they're, give it, they're given to you to make you an arch. If you have an arch, they're given to you to make you flat-footed. If you roll out, they make you fall inward. If you fall inward, they make you fall outward. It's, it's insane. It, it doesn't even make any sense. There's literally, if you think about it, there's literally no logic to that. Something can't be, not everything can be wrong. Something has to be right. Either falling outward has to be okay or inward has to be okay. Either a high arch has to be okay or a flat foot needs to be okay. They can't all be wrong. That doesn't even make any sense. Which is why, it, in general, overall, does it make sense? Nothing's wrong with the high arch. Nothing's wrong with the flat foot. Flat foot. Fat foot. <laughs> nothing's wrong with the Flintstone foot. Nothing's wrong with you rolling out or going inward. You have a dysfunction in your hips, and you need to address it. It's really that simple. Knock knees. Someone with knock knee with knock knees is also going to have feet that cave in, ankles that cave in. That's dysfunction from the hip. Dysfunction from the hip. And then if you consistently walk around with that, excuse me, dysfunction, then you're going to condition muscles around that dysfunction. So the joint is sitting in a really dysfunctional pocket and now you're constantly, repetitively walking or running in that joint dysfunction. And so you will naturally build muscles to support that positioning of the joints. That's why correction is real because you correct how the muscles are firing to support the joint in the proper function and guide it. You guide it through training and retraining and a conditioning of a pattern. So it's not something you do overnight, but it's something that actually works for life. Like that's real. So that's why your ankles are consistently rolling. There's a level of dysfunction not being addressed and you are focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on your feet and your ankles and it had nothing to do with that in the first place. That's just where you're feeling it. And the thing you'll hear over and over and over again on, on our podcast is that pain is never where it's coming from. It's result of dysfunction and root somewhere else. It's never where it's coming from. That's just where it's exposing itself or expressing itself. It's not where it's coming from. Even with direct impact. However jacked up you are as a baseline human is how bad you're going to get injured and in the areas you're going to get injured are what was vulnerable to begin with. So it's always, always rooted back to somewhere else. And until you address the root somewhere else, you're going to continue to roll your ankles. So a lot of the sneakers that are disguised as non-stability sneakers, like, you know, your, your, your normal stability sneakers, everybody knows is the Brooks and the Hoka's. People don't realize that Asics are. People don't realize New Balance are. People don't realize the Pegasus for Nike are. People don't realize that those Nike Zoom Flies are. Anything that disallows ankle function, full foot function, rolling through using your whole foot, any sneaker that disallows that is a stabilizing sneaker. And when you have a stabilizing sneaker, you do not have ankle function. It takes that away. It, it dismisses that. It disregards that. It negates it. It doesn't happen. And then a lot of the sneakers, not only do you only use your toe, but now if they have a high lift in the back, which is all marketing, by the way, if they have a high lift in the back, they're forcing you into your toes. And so it gives you the illusion that you're falling forward or you actually feel like you're falling forward. So you're inclined to quote, go faster, or you're going to basically tumble and stumble onto your face unless you do, right? So then you think the sneakers make you go faster. Nope, they're just, terribly, <laughs> terribly created. And they are forcing you to like literally run on your toes, leaning forward, falling forward so that you don't actually fall on your face. The sneakers didn't do it. Either your conditioning is working or it's not. 
Either you had a good day on a run and you were running faster than normal or you weren't. It wasn't the sneakers. Michael Jordan did not get his athleticism from pumping up his sneaker on the, on the court. That's not how it happened. He was naturally gifted as an athlete. He's still naturally gifted as an athlete. Th that's him. That's athleticism. That's not sneakers. But that's where the whole idea comes from also. And keep thinking that people you follow, professional runners, have the same sneaker you do. Keep thinking that also because that's not the truth either. So there's uh, so many things out there in the industry, sadly, that hurt people more than help people. And everybody wants to believe, well, if so-and-so is using it, it must help. No, that's not the case all the time. Could it be? Sure, it absolutely could be, but not, not really, especially as a marketer, I, I know better. As an athletic specialist, I know better. As an injury and biomechanics expert, I know better. So I try to give you all as much information as I possibly can so that you can get these things and stop rolling your ankles. So, well, Jessica, how do I stop my ankles rolling then if it's not for my feet? You need to address your hips. Now, it's not enough to say that your hips are unstable or one hip is unstable. It's not enough to say that, guys. And I don't do general information. And I, I say that a lot. I don't do general information. Fitness is not general. Fitness is person specific. That's why program design is an actual certification in and of itself. And you have to pass that when you're working for a proper gym or an athletic company. You have to pass that. You have to get a certain level of certification to program design because it's very specific. You can really hurt somebody giving them your workout program because you're not them and they're not you. That just doesn't work that way. Same thing with running programs, same thing with regimens, the whole gamut. You can't do that. So when your hips are in, it's a clear indicator your hips are in dysfunction if you are rolling out on your ankles, if your ankles are rolling and all that. I can't tell you how many times somebody has come to me for an ankle rollout and I found that it was rooted in their shoulder, okay? That just the shoulder actually caused the hip to go one way and then the hip translated down to the foot. So it's, it's about really digging into your body, really feeling what's going on, getting foam rolling, starting to make notes how you're feeling after every run. Whenever you feel a twinge, whenever you feel anything, write it down. When you have a great run, write it down. Note what it was. Was it hilly or not? Was it flat or not? Do you feel it more when it's flat? These are things that can start to do elimination and figure out where is the problem, where you're rooting it, and start to map your own body. Also, you can't. it's never just one leg and that's the problem. That's never the case. I can't tell you how many times I've had a person come to me with hip pain on the right hip and it had nothing to do not only with the right hip, but it was the left hip and it was 10 times worse, causing the right to work harder to the point where the right couldn't work anymore and has lost all function. And so everybody else was hyper-focusing on that hip and that hip gets worn down to nothing and the other leg just got stronger and stronger and stronger in extreme dysfunction that the leg doesn't actually move. It's a big old tree trunk. And so there's levels to that. So there's a lot of pie charting down and like digging into it to see exactly what's going on and where it's coming from. I, it's guaranteed it is a dysfunction in your hips but where it's coming from, in what position of the hips is it coming from. If you have more problems when you're running on flat, which honestly, flat running is much harder, guys, than any run you're gonna do. Downhill, downhill runs, they're not easy. They're absolutely not easy. The actual easiest run you'll do is a hill run. <laughs> it's a hill run. It's, you don't like it, that doesn't mean it's not easy. 
it's easy on the body because it actually makes everything fire properly. It opens your gait up, it reignites your glutes, it extends your hamstrings, you use your torque, your core, you actually move side to side and you move as a human and you cook up a hill when you know how to run a hill properly, run pain-free runners do. So that's the easiest on your body. Downhill running, you are controlling deceleration while you're going down a hill but you're going forward still, but you have to control yourself to fall forward. A lot of people roll their ankles on downward hills, on downward runs. People run full half marathons that are all downhill. I'm sure you've heard about them. And then people love to say a flat run. Oh, it's a flat run, it's easy. Your hips cook the entire time you're on a flat race. Berlin, Chicago burns your hips up, burns your hips up and now, you never actually feel your hip joint, to be honest with you. What you guys feel burning is two hip flexors crossing in the front outer part of your hip quad that you think is your hip flexor, which doesn't even exist. It's two muscles that make up hip flexors, and they are just crossing right there. There's actually no muscle insertion there. They just cross right there. But it's because you're constantly in knee drive, knee drive, knee drive. You're constantly picking up your knee to run flat. You actually never really get forced to open up your stride like a hill does, to ignite your glute like a hill does. And so the front part of your hip, the front part where your quads are up at the top, that never releases. As Soon as the glutes fire, it relaxes the front part of your hips in the front where your legs crease when you pick up your knee, that's not your hips, it's just a crease, but you all think it's hips, so I'm speaking your language and trying to fix it at the same time. And as soon as that flexes, it relaxes your glute. So when this natural exchange isn't happening, where it's a glute fire, hip relax, hip fire, glute relax, when that's not happening, you tank. And then you want, that's why runners have to walk down the stairs backwards. That's why that happens. It's because that tanked. Okay, this is not just because you ran a marathon. No, that's because you didn't train for that type of course and you under gauged how flat it was and you didn't train for flat and or you also do a lot of cycling part of your training and that's very hip, hip flexion focused and flat races don't like that too much. So as you can see, this would be a problem for a triathlete or an Ironman who then has to run a pretty flat course after biking and swimming. But all of this translates to how your feet are hitting the ground. Because if you're tanking up top, your feet aren't gonna open up, your legs rather aren't gonna open up. You're not gonna get full ankle flexion, which is picking your toe up, ankle flexion. And therefore you're not gonna get full ankle extension, which is pushing off. You don't do that. So you start to almost like flat run and flop your foot and flap and flap and flap. And so now you're banging the hell out of your hip joint and jamming basically like the whole connect, the whole chain. You're jamming the whole line of bones all the way up into your hip joint where your femur and your hip connect. And you're jamming it, jamming it, jamming it, jamming it. And what that does is it consistently presses and then that messes with your SI joint. And now you got a little back pain and you think it's your back the whole time, but it's really because your foot was hitting the ground wrong. And then add to this, you have a stability sneaker to stop you from ever using your ankle and around and around we go with some serious ankle injuries. I had somebody say they, 
people know that if you come to me in a stability sneakers, I'm taking you out of them right away. I'm not, I won't even continue to work with you if you're still in them. Um, and um, because they're gonna contradict what I'm trying to do and they won't allow me to fix stuff, so I can't do it. So I've had people obviously have these sneakers and so they don't necessarily throw them out, but they get, they put them aside. And so I have a lot of trail runners and one trail runner was running in a, in a sneaker that I had approved and was starting to get na negative feedback about. So instead of them running in, in those sneakers that were bothering their feet, this person went back into running into a stability sneaker that they had in their closet and on a trail and they ran over a rock and they weren't a, the, the rock, they hit the rock and their foot and their ankle fell out. And in that, because the person was corrected and the person felt it right away, they real, they actually did not have any control to pull their ankle back when previously she had, cause she's a corrected runner. The sneaker dictated the fact that she was gonna be rolling out and there was nothing she could do about it. And that's when she was like, I actually understand now why you tell us not to run in them because I didn't have any control over my foot falling outward and I felt it where I would have had control if I was in my Nike Free. <laughs> and so the 2019 Nike Freeze specifically Flyknit, 2019 Nike Free Flyknit are actually advertised as a trail sneaker. And they are my new and new approved trail sneaker, a trail trail sneaker for runners. For that reason, there's they change the sole. There's extra padding under certain bones. I've had tons of runners running them from here to California, from here meaning New York City to California, all types of trails. Everybody has had great feedback for me, and so they are the approved sneaker. And it allows you to actually control your foot and be protected with a little bit of a cushion on the bottom in specific bone areas. So you can run over rocks and not feel them, which is what people were complaining about other sneakers for. But again, trail running is a high risk of ankle rolling because you're, roll you're running over roots of trees and rocks and sticks and things you don't know jumping out at you and you're running over a lot of stuff or you're mountain running. Like these are high levels of, of ankle rolling going on. But if you have the ability to actually condition your ankle to allow it to have that range of motion, but never let it go too far and be able to catch it back because you can feel it and your ankle sends you a message like, hey, I'm over rolling, grab me real quick. You actually get that message, then you're able to sustain that and then you build that conditioning stronger. But if you don't have that ability for your ankle to give you that feedback, one, because you're not conditioning it, two, it only has memory to keep rolling out, and three, you're in a sneaker that disallows you to even be able to grab it, even if you get the messages, you're screwed and you're gonna roll your ankle over and over and over and over again. Happens all the time, happens all the time. And when someone keeps coming to me with a rolled ankle with any slight bit of a stability sneaker, you're at that point, you're asking for it. Get out of the freaking sneaker. Get out of it. It's not helping you condition your feet. You should feel your feet, runner. You should feel your feet. I don't know where the idea came that you shouldn't be feeling your feet. You should feel your feet as a runner, as any athlete, you should feel your feet 100%. You need to know they are, they're the ones that are hitting the ground. They're the ones that are in contact with ground and using that as push up and gravity and leverage. You need to feel them. I don't know where this idea came from that you're not supposed to feel your feet. It doesn't make any sense to me, but somehow people think this is, this is normal and they just lock the hell up out of their feet and they never have control over their foot. They actually decondition the arch. You decondition your arch when it can't move or push off. When you're only just using your toes, you're over firing your calves the whole time. You're 
constantly straining your Achilles, which is your hamstring tendon to attach to your body, to your, to your bone. The hamstring turns into the Achilles tendon, which attaches at the bottom of the heel. Hamstrings is a muscle. Muscle attaches to bone via tendon. It's the Achilles tendon. That's your hamstring. So hamstrings are the muscular representation of hip dysfunction. So when all of that is jacked up, your feet have no way to ever bypass any of this. They have no way to not be injured, to not lock up, to not roll, to not do all this stuff because your hip isn't functioning, right? You have this big old big sneaker on it. It can't move. So it's like, I don't know what else to do. So we're just going to roll here because I have no control to do anything else. You limit your own body's ability to actually go with the movement and not get hurt. I was hit by a truck. If you don't know that, go listen to one of our early podcasts. I believe it's called My Story. I was hit by a truck. The reason I'm bringing this up right now is because I didn't see the truck coming. So my wasn't, I didn't have any option to stiffen up and tighten up. So my body went with it. And so I didn't break my back. I broke my hip and my femur. But I didn't break my back, which is where I was hit by the car, by the truck. I was hit in my back by the truck. So because of my body was able to go with it, it didn't break okay when you disallow the ability to go with a forced action or forced movement that's how you break because the body can't go with it just like a gymnast that comes out of a triple lindy and lands in a somersault they go with the motion they don't have the impact they decrease impact when you're locked up in a stability sneaker and you're hitting the ground and you hit a pothole or an uneven step in the road or you are running trail and hit a, a, a tree root your ankle jars out to the right. If you don't feel that, which you're not going to feel it in a thick sneaker, it disallows a lot of feeling, a lot of sensation. You don't know to bring your leg back. And then if you've not conditioned it, it doesn't know to bring itself back. So you got two things working against you because you don't feel anything. And then your body just try, it just, it, it gets locked up in the sneaker. doesn't allow it to go with it. And that's it. And then that's as long as they can't go with it and it breaks the mobility of that, that's how you hurt yourself. That's how you stretch all your tendons out, stretch your ligaments out. Maybe you break your ankle. Like those are the things that happen when you can't go with it, when your body can't fluidly go with it. Honestly, you know, there's a thing called sickled ankle and it's high, highly used in dance because someone who's pointing their toe when they point their toe and they're like pigeon toed it's called sickled but it's because it's coming from their ankle it's not so much that they're leading with their toe and pointing inward as it is that the ankle doesn't have it's so over mobile that it doesn't have the strength to be straight and point so it sickles right the ankle bows out that person can be running and completely roll their ankle and have no problem because they've conditioned that level of range of motion. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. So when you condition the ability for range of motion, you condition the ability to withstand a roll, to withstand a sprain. So it doesn't become a sprain. It's in the same action as one, but it doesn't become one because you've conditioned the mobility to have that range and strength in that range all at the same time. That my friends is correction. That's why correction works. That's why. It conditions the body to withstand certain mobi mobilities that would happen in said sport or said activity or just in life and allow you to build 
muscle supporting that range so that that never breaks, tears, rips, injures. That's what that does. And when the range is hyper too much, then you bring the range in with more stability. So there's a lot of give and take with that. But this is why it's so common for runners to roll their ankles and sprain their ankles because none of you are conditioning your ankles. You're definitely not conditioning your hips properly. And then you have stability sneakers that disallow that, which is why I'm, I'm trying to say, that's why I don't work with anybody in a stability sneaker because it will not allow me to actually condition the ankle the way I need to for it to be able to have a range of motion and not get hurt. You understand? Especially it's New York City. You're never gonna run on an even road. Like it's never gonna happen at all. Between the cobblestone and the bumps in the road and the potholes and the manholes and the people in your way, it's like never gonna happen. So I need to make sure the runners here are definitely agile and can move quickly and have no problem. That's ability of range of motion and a stability to support that range of motion. Same thing with my California trail runners. I'm just talking extremes here to give examples. So that's why it's so common for a runner to roll their ankles because they're doing all these things that disallow them from feeling what's going on, from disallowing the conditioning of it, and then not conditioning it. Those are the real three reasons why it's happening. All fixable, get out of the frigging stability sneakers already, like get rid of them. They're hurting you, they're not helping you. They're not helping you. If you're lazy and you don't wanna fix yourself, change sports, just go work out. Stop running, because you're just gonna get really hurt and then you're not gonna be able to do anything and then you're gonna be miserable, so stop it. Either condition for being an athlete because it's an endurance sport and it requires a level of activity and conditioning to be able to do the sport. If you're not willing to put that effort in to just do that much so that you can run whatever mileage you wanna do, whether it's a 5K, a 10K, a half or a full, whatever it is you wanna rock out in, you have it's still considered long distance running. You have to condition for your sport or you're gonna be miserably hurt all the time. So I would say stop doing it and just go work out and be active. Stop doing long distance running unless you wanna put the work in and actually condition for it. Cause you absolutely can. You totally can enjoy running. You can run pain-free. You can run whatever you want when you want, when you condition for it and you train your body to have a range of motion and a mobility that is supported and stabilized. But you have to actually do it. it doesn't just happen. And it's damn sure not gonna come from a stability sneaker. That's never gonna happen. It deconditions your foot. It disallows you from having push-off, which is, I always say, the power of a runner is hidden in their arch because that's the push-off. It disallows that. It actually deconditions your foot. It overfires your calf, builds this really big external shin muscle on the outside of the shin, which doesn't belong there, by the way. And then you have rock hard calves that are constantly tight that you can't ever get loose. If someone sticks them or, some, or you foam roll them, you just don't like it, so you just stop doing it because it's just too much pain. Sound like you? That's because you're running on your toes, which is not functional, it is dysfunctional. Toe running is for sprinters. They run for seconds, minutes at best. They're not running for two, three, four, five, six, seven hours like some of my runners who finish marathons in eight, nine hours, or my ultra marathoners who are running for nine, 10 hours, 11 hours. No way, Jose. Oh my God, you cannot be serious. You can't do it. That's why. Number one reason why you're rolling your ankles is because there's a ton of misinformation out there. That's first, above everything else I just said. But I could go on for that for days. But these reasons are the stability sneakers and 
the not conditioning and then the disallowing of conditioning because you can't feel anything. Those three guys together are big, big, big culprits as to why so many runners roll their ankles and that's what it means. It means you're not addressing your hips. It means you got the wrong sneakers on. It means you're not following protocol for long distance running. You're not sport specific training. You're not conditioning yourself for it and your body is suffering. And it's telling you that and it's wanting you to stop and that's why it keeps rolling your ankles so you actually fix it. Mobility is not a bad thing. Unsupported mobility is a bad thing. Hope that sits with you. Maybe, maybe digest that a little bit. So we are done. I'm gonna leave you right there to think about that for a second. <laughs> I hope you learned something. I hope you understand things a little bit differently. I sure hope that I helped you get to a place of running pain-free. Make sure you're following us at runpainfree on Instagram. And again, at runpainfree underscore academy on Instagram. Follow us runpainfreepodcast.com and make sure you share this. Save your fellow runner and get out there and run pain-free. Bye-bye, everyone. You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Subscribe to us as you leave a positive review on iTunes. 